0: Welcome back podcast listeners. Here in today's episode, we're talking to Jordan Papadopoulos, the Chief Commercial Officer at Otto IT. What I love about this podcast is we're not talking technical terms. We're talking to a guy who's humanizing technology, building amazing relationships and delivering great business outcomes. Jordan gives us backgrounds on his upbringing and what drove him towards business. His start in the world of financial services and how that switched to IT come about. What I love today is we talked about his business and how his people work. We talked about what makes them different, what makes their service different, and what makes their environment within the office so great. We also touched on his love of cricket and community. So sit back, enjoy, and let's go.
1: Jordan, welcome to the Coffcan Bond Podcast. Great to have you here and great to see you again. Now, we first met each other through a group that we're both part of called Cub or Club of United Businesses, and uh, we seem to have an affinity straight away in respect of the way we live life and do things. So, really appreciate you coming here and talking about Otto IT and all things about yourself and your journey and then all the way through. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. We, we definitely did from... Uh,
2: sport, from our, our approach to to life and business and family, absolutely. Yeah, even though I've <laughs> never
1: played cricket with my son, I've been to batting in the cricket club with my son. You played footy against your son. Though. I have played footy against my son. I ended up with a broken toe and four stitches in my head. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. So now, because we are going to be talking a lot about IT today, I actually am going to have Jamie run most of this, <laughs> and there might be a few giggles from some of my clients there, but they'll understand why. So, so but Jordan, welcome, welcome to our, welcome to our office. And thank you for doing this podcast. Thanks
2: again, and Jamie.
1: Yeah, great well, to see you again.
0: I, I think Tony's right in here. I, I'm actually Tony's IT support, so we, we sit at the opposite ends of the um, the office, and, and all I hear is a he yell. So he doesn't even use the phone to <laughs> just yell yells at me. Jamie. He just yells across <laughs> IT support, and, and that means that I've got to come. But what's interesting is is your journey is not just about IT um you, you you've had a different pathway that's led you to here so um where we always like to start off is is hearing about someone's childhood um, yeah. but hearing about their sort of start into the business world um in doing what they do so you know i'd love to get a little bit of background about about your childhood and upbringing um but then sort of talking about the way that you entered the professional world
2: yeah so um childhood and and and, and upbringing so look uh Greek background, so yeah. a lot of family, brothers and sisters, and lots of cousins, and you know the typical sort of uh, gatherings that you'd you'd expect. Good Sunday feast. Absolutely, lots yeah. of food, <laughs> and, um, and 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 love sport as a kid. So you know, passionate about uh, footy and and soccer, but cricket is really my my number one sport that I'm into, uh, and still into to today. Um, and and growing up, my dad was always in business and typically more in the property space. Yep. And so I always enjoyed seeing how things could be built, uh, but then there was a bit of a numbers aspect to it as well. Um, and that was always great, there was lots of different things happening, uh, lots of different times growing up through Um, booms and and recessions and so you saw all different sides of what happened in that industry and that gave me some really good exposure to always listening into to dad's conversations whether we were driving in the car and he had the the phone on or sitting in in meetings and so forth so that was always a a really good experience Um, and yeah that's really um, I guess what shaped me in terms of wanting to be around people and, and business is one my I guess my culture is very you know we like to um, you know, very family orientated, and um, and then from from dad's perspective, a business perspective, yeah.
0: So b- before we get onto the professional career, you, you are a president of a cricket club. You were talking about your passion there. Um, has, oh, yeah, has that yeah. always been something you've been involved in?
2: Yeah. So I so the club, the Holy Trinity Cricket Club in in Thornbury, in Victoria. For anyone that wants to come and have a game, yeah. We um, so I I started playing there. I would have been about ten years old as okay, a kid. Well. So. Uh, I remember going to, oh, there was two clubs, so back then um, my grandmother called the, the local council and said, hey, my grandson wants to play cricket, have you got any recommendations of clubs? And they mailed out uh, printouts of pages and highlighted a couple of clubs. So we went down and, and tried one and it wasn't the best experience from a cultural perspective. And then I went to, to the current club I'm at and I remember walking up onto the ground and uh, the junior coordinator at the time, John Hyde, a great person said hello and welcome to the club and the rest was sort of history it was a really good environment you felt safe as a kid and just had a lot of fun we had good success um, and just good people and then work sort of stepped in and sort of took me away from cricket for too long so sort of you know what could have been who knows but I (laughs) um, stopped playing for roughly 10 years and then uh, when things changed with work I was able to start again it was a really good outlet for me to maintain a work environment when I started a separate business and and stay in that good good team environment and immediately got entrenched in you know being part of a a good community and and doing what I could to support so joined the committee pretty soon after that and then over time have been sucked into Man, you know making making plenty of hot chips and, <laughs> and everything else but you know we do some amazing things from all abilities and we've got a great women's program and men's program and juniors and there's so much that we do so it's yeah
0: it's really good so, um, oh, look, I, I loved my junior cricket, and then once I got to senior cricket, I get, kept getting hit in the head. So I thought, oh, you know, this isn't for me, I don't <laughs> think. But yeah, we could keep opening bats, man. Hit in the head too many times. Get some so senior it, going
1: and bowling yeah, under, 150 kilometres an hour straight at the young, yeah, young boy's head. <laughs> yeah, too, too quick for me.
0: But, yeah, you, you did say your, your professional career actually started in the finance industry. Um, what led to that decision um, sort of coming out of school? So.
2: Initially out of school, um, so I started studying um, business at Swinburne and, and I was working with dad. Yep. And working in a family business has its challenges. It was Again, it was really good, but I, I wanted to do something separate and just sort of go out and do things outside of that. And I've always liked numbers and um, looking at how we can make things work differently. And so that was just – there was something about – banking that sort of got me interested in, in going into that space, so it was more retail based uh, that, that I started off with uh, at NAB and then from there progressed into a few different roles and moved on to um, a short period at uh, a CBA and then Bank West for a lot longer um, before leaving there and starting my own finance brokerage. And, um, and yeah, it was the ability to – what I loved about it was the ability to help people Uh, achieve their dreams. So um, especially in a retail bank, often, you know, one of the biggest transactions people make from a a personal perspective is buying their first home. And so uh, there's often, you know, people will come in and they've got no idea about what's involved or how to go about it. And the ability to educate them and just teach them different ways they can go about achieving that goal was a real passion. And so... Uh, especially at Bankwest we had some, a lot of fun doing that and, and the branding was loud, it was aggressive, it was challenging and we spoke to a lot of people especially out in the, um, the outer suburbs of, of Melbourne in uh, the South Morang area there was a high uh, proportion of people buying their first homes so you're always dealing with that stress but it was a really fun time for them so seeing people buy their first home and then subsequently go on and buy investment properties and being part of that journey it was a lot of fun and, yeah. and a lot of pleasure yeah.
0: i think the joy of when you see someone we've obviously got finance in-house here and, and yeah it's, it's a different world when you're seeing someone achieve their dream sort of instantly yeah. at a young age um you know that's the australian dream is to buy your first property really
2: absolutely yeah so that was that was really good and then so from there i started uh running my own uh brokerage and and again it was very much the same sort of thing and started doing a bit more business uh lending as well uh and 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 that point, I was. I had an office in Northcote, yep. and a good friend of mine, Milan, was looking to grow, going go to a bigger office, and was probably going to get an office that was too big, and he said, hey, would you be interested in coming and, you know, subleasing part of the office here? And I said, yeah, why not? You know, we can get to hang out with other people as well. And so I did that, and was there for a couple of years in that office, and, and it just got to the point where I'd been in finance for quite a while, and I felt it was time for a change excuse me and I I mentioned to him I said look I'm going to travel I'm going to go overseas and I've been thinking about selling my business so just letting you know I might be (laughs) vacating when I come back we'll see we'll see how we go and I got back and um you married at the stage yeah yeah and so made that decision and um he said well would you be interested in becoming an operations manager and I said oh maybe what does that involve (laughs) and and He didn't really have a definitive answer, but, you know, it was weird because sitting there in in the office, you overheard all the conversations, right, around... So at the time, I I didn't have a background in tech, but I would always hear tech conversations. And, uh, you know, it interested me to a certain extent. And so I knew a lot about what was happening in the business already, even though I wasn't part of it. And I'd often speak to Milan about different... Uh, Issues and so forth, and I thought, you know what, this this could be a good change. I I didn't want to stay in finance; I wanted to do something different. So I started. I so I I basically, you know, on a I went overseas again after that. I said, I'm going to go overseas once more. I went to to Greece to see my grandmother, and came back. And then the the second of um, of July. Uh, 2018, I think it was, was uh, my first day. I was sitting in the same seat, didn't move. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's, a unique, that's a
0: unique thing to happen. Yeah, isn't yeah. It?
2: absolutely. So I was in the exact same seat and um, and started a new role. And that was a, a big learning curve. So there was moments there where there was things that I, I really wasn't clear on and I needed to work pretty quickly and hard to, to learn a lot more. But the, our approach was... We knew the tech, we know the tech, we're good at tech, but we wanted to evolve how we do things and be more focused on the type of conversations we're having, we're more business focused and and talking with business owners and leaders, not at them. Um, And just talking about the people, we've got a really good culture in our office and some amazing people. And so if you walked into the office today, there's, you know, lots of yelling and lots of, you know, there's music going and there's the coffee machines being uh, used nonstop and there's just... Pretty different than when you walked in here. <laughs> <laughs> I think like, staff for a today. today. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we never had a problem with getting staff back into the office. It was yeah. interesting. We always had... And, and you'd think an, an industry like ours, you can work like most industries now, but tech, a lot of people are dispersed all over the place. Yep. Uh, But we've never had that challenge. If anything, it was just making sure that we uh early on when we had limits that we didn't have too many people in the office well i think so, you made a
0: point before that you, the reason you've actually moved into this role was from overhearing conversations by sitting at your desk and yeah. hearing about these tech conversations that are going on and and i think this is that whole work from home sort of work in the office space and and sort of for any young staff coming through yeah you can go and do your job sort of sitting out isolated but you're missing out on these conversations
2: yeah it's it's a it's a it's a it's a great point uh, i recall it probably would have been two years ago. I was sitting there, and I had one of the our new staff was talking to one of our our devs, and they're having a conversation. And the new staff member that was in the in the sales team was asking a question for something that he wanted to do. And I just and I overheard it, and I didn't say anything initially. Let them go on for a bit, and then I just sort of jumped up and said, "Hey guys," and just gave them some advice because I knew that what they were talking about wasn't necessarily the best approach. Yeah. And if they were at home on a Teams call by themselves, they would have started that process and gone down a long process of you know taking a lot more time than they needed to, and we probably had the data there already. So they're definitely the type of conversation you miss out on, as well as that water cooler style. Chat about, you know, who's going to win tonight, Collingwood or or Carlton and
0: and so forth, yeah. We had a a great guest the other week around talking around that as well, is that there is a time for, there is a time where work can be done by yourself and and at home and and there is certain elements of that, but then you also need, you need both elements in a sense if you are to provide that flexibility, but... (laughs) You know, so you've moved into this IT role and you were talking, we, we said today we wouldn't get technical and I think that's a great no, way so to start. I, yeah, yeah,
1: but can I just ask a question on that before you, before you go down there? Jordan, you're a great communicator, you're, you're very personable, you know, you, you're extremely likeable um, and so without seeing you in action, from the personality that I see in you, I would suggest you're actually a really good leader of people. You, you would lead by example. Is this something that you just found was innate it was in you or is it something that you learned through your experiences seeing great leaders at banks or or wherever you've worked in the past or is this just being the way you were the way you were raised and just something that you because i know you do a lot of reading you yeah. do listen to a lot of podcasts you have your own podcast so where does that come from so
2: i think everyone has leadership in them hmm. uh, for me to a certain extent, it was always there. But there was also a lot of it might have been just unconscious of some of the actions or or things that would be occurring. So I was really fortunate uh, being in banking, you're exposed to some really good learning and development programs that that exist. And so there was a lot of investment that was put into to me and other staff around supporting that. So becoming more self-aware of what are the good things and the not so good things that you do, and how you can do things differently really helped to to grow that that part of of me, uh, and I think you know it's that would be, and being involved in sport as well, I feel that there's a sport is a really good environment to be in to it gives you that competitive edge it helps you communicate with people especially uh, leading now a community club there's so many different people from so many different backgrounds you're all there for one reason to have fun and and achieve some success but there's always going to be conflicting opinions and uh, and that's a challenge right so you have to learn how to communicate but it would be, I would say, where I where my leadership skills have come from. I've been really lucky to have some amazing leaders around me. Um, and there's, there's probably three or four that, that stand out. And over the period of time, they've all sort of seemed to have come in at points in life where it's been really uh, needed. And sort of then they've helped that next evolution of growth. And I feel that you, you've never really grown enough. You should always be focused on how can you continue to develop and, and look to develop through uh, surrounding yourself with, the right people that you need at that time, because there's there's people that I've you know spoke that have helped me years ago that, that are still great people, but that's not necessarily what I need today to help my help me to continue to grow. Uh, and you know, recently I, I re a um, an old leader that I had that was a really tough leader. He was it was hard. It would ask hard questions and challenge a lot, but would also support and um, and he helped my growth. Uh, when I was in the bank significantly, and, and more recently he's come on as an exec coach for me to help me to continue that growth, which has been excellent. And that's something that I want to continue to do, is what you always need to evolve and, and grow. So that's yeah, really definitely. important to me, yeah.
0: So in the role at the moment, um, you're with Milan and, and you've got a team, how large was the team that you were working with at that point? Uh, now, or when- When, when you first when started?
2: When you started, would've have, would have had maybe seven or eight staff at yep. the time, yeah, so, We've
0: matured a lot since then. Uh, And you've gone through a merger since then, is that correct?
2: Yeah, we did. So we went through um, what started as a merger and then ultimately an acquisition in the end. Um, So that was, we started that process in, so we had an internal meeting with the two leadership teams, came together in sort of mid, it was probably June 2020, and then July 2020 announced it to our teams. And by, I think it was August, it announced it publicly. So through the thick of that first major lockdown, we're integrating two businesses, which was interesting and a lot of fun. Uh, and then by the end of the year, we started the process of rebranding. And by April the 15th, 2021, we'd rebranded to Otto. So that was a, a really... So,
0: where, <laughs> so where, where did the name Otto come from in the rebranding process? Yeah,
2: that, that's a great question. So. What happened was we would have – so we had two – so we still have those two brands, but DWM and Milan Industries. So we had uh, two brands where there was people from either team that that had come together. And then we had a a parent company, Milan Industries Group, that – was I guess the owner of everything and, and staff were employed by M I G or are employed by M I G. So you'd have new staff join and they're well, who do I work for? Is it Otto, DW oh, sorry, is it DWM, Milan Industries or MIG? So there was that unknown and, and we went to our clients and we, we asked when you you know, when you think of Milan Industries or D W M, what comes to mind? What are the things that you value and and got a lot of feedback from from them and um, we did the same with our people. And overwhelmingly, it was a sense of connection, a sense of trust and and loyalty, and people's names was often what was referred to. Um, We asked also, some of the questions we asked was, uh, what animal would would you, uh, would resonate? And one of them was a really good client of ours, said uh, a uh, giraffe. And we're like, okay. Because most people are saying like <laughs> lions or this or That's that. That's what you want. And and so so we asked, Well, where did you you know, why a giraffe? And um, and Rose said, Because you're always prepared to stick your neck out for it your neck out for us and and help us. So that was really good feedback. And then so then what we did was we looked at the market and what we saw was most other tech companies uh, you're typically gonna have either your Royal Blue or your bright red logos—it's typically the two colours you would see in a tech space—and a lot of the the, the the messaging and content is all tech-focused, right? So yep. it's and
0: most we, we help if there's a problem.
2: Yeah, and yeah. Or, or talking about different technical solutions, and most people don't care about what you know what's in a server or how that all works or what the tech is. They they care about uh, you know their people um and making sure they're happy and and able to work they want to be reducing risks and and making sure their clients are happy and ultimately increasing their profit and so our what we want to be doing and what we do is talk to business owners about what are the the roadblocks they've got or what are their goals what are the challenges they're facing and how can tech help you know overcome some of those and and we can't always help with all of those but if we understand what they are, a lot of the time we can, or we can definitely connect our clients with people that, that can help. So whether it's a, a HR platform they need or whatever it might be, it might not be something that we necessarily implement, but we, we know people that that can. So it's how do we understand their business goals and objectives and, and help them get to that that outcome over a period of time is how we demonstrate our return. But we so then we so we looked at the different um, tech companies and, and what they had. And then we we thought, well, we want to be able to demonstrate who we are. And so whilst they're very tech focused, we're more business outcome focused. When we look at um, our team, we're not really bland and boring. We've got a lot of personality and character and and culture. And we we don't rely on computers to give us all the answers. We definitely use a lot of technology but it's our people that help drive that so you look at AI for example what's the human intelligence that really can help you use the tech to achieve the outcomes and so you know what we got to was that we're we're a human-led tech company and technically anti-tech is the and so we want to humanize technology and 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 that's our our approach so um you know, we, we talk about this all the time. Every quarter we go through our, our values and we go through our vision and mission and um, we're a people first, business focused organization that, yeah, we just wanna redefine the industry ultimately. And when you talk to anyone at Otto, what I'd expect and hope that you get is just a good quality, genuine conversation, right? We shouldn't be over complicating anything. It should just be a good, good conversation that, that gives you the information you need. Um, and so we wanted the word Otto just to be a person that you could go well, hey, call Otto. Otto, will, okay. Otto will fix it. Otto, will, you know, take care of it for you. And so that's how we got there.
0: Um, I'm, I'm thinking of the Simpsons character right now. But we okay. had, we no.
2: did, yeah. So we had people reference that. So we had, <laughs> so we've got lots of different um, uh, memes that we've had come across our desks. But um, and even when we launched it internally, uh, we launched it a week earlier internally with our team. And so a couple of people referenced Otto, but what was great? So we had a we had a video that we did to launch it and, and explain why we did, you know, why we were being called Otto, and the feedback from the team immediately everyone was just overwhelmingly just bang it hit the mark, and the other thing that we do is we regularly review our values and, and they haven't changed a lot but we've just continued to re- refine them over time and we've just landed on really good values and that aligns really well with our team and every time we've updated them just the buying and engagement has been excellent so we want to push the boundaries and challenge a little bit and so that's why you see our colors are quite bright for we're not blue or red mm. where previously we might have been but we're not we don't have that branding anymore we want to be different and, and loud.
0: So in your role, um, I guess we obviously share very similar roles within our offices, Um, you talk about culture, how do you sort of try to drive that culture internally?
2: We do a lot, ultimately it's up to everyone to drive culture, so you know we might do things like uh, once a fortnight on a Wednesday we've got Chris from Onsite Massage comes in and does massages or you know, you buy, (laughs) (laughs) you've got, you know, you buy, you've got the coffee machine and you buy all these different things and and they're great, but that's, that's just stuff. Right. And so um, the team are really good. Like there's, there's a channel that they have on, on our internal tool called food. Right. And so they'll, every Friday there'll be typically drinks or or a dinner on, like I know they've booked dinner tonight. Uh, I can't be there, but they're, they're going to a local restaurant, you know, those types of things. So, but then it's even things around, we just, two weeks ago, we completed our performance reviews. So making sure that every st- st- staff in the business has a performance review done. We talk about their professional development and how they can continue to develop. Then quarterly, we'll continue to have those conversations. And everyone should be having monthly one-to-ones that are focused on helping them achieve their goals and grow as people. Um, listening to their feedback. So there's different types of surveys we do. Uh, weekly, pretty much, where people can provide anonymous or they can put their name to it, provide feedback around a range of different things they're experiencing in the business. Um, We have our online, uh, well, we've got a platform called Otto um, University, where there's courses that have sort of been curated specific for us um, that staff can focus on their development. But then we'll also engage other people outside of the business to drive their development. And then so there's things the business does to help people grow, which is really important. But then there's also things that we do just internally to have fun, right? So it might be I don't know, someone bringing in Nerf guns and, and people shooting each other in the office, or, or doing things like that. Or um, you know, I know Alana brought in her kids the other I think it was Monday actually, um, and they were in the office. You know, they and so you know, having an environment where people are comfortable to do that and it's not frowned upon yeah. is is what we do. And so um, you know, Dean saying, "Hey, I need a leave early to take my daughter to go and do whatever. And it's like, yeah, no problem, that's fine. It's There's give and take. So that's the, the, the environment, whilst it's not technically a family business, the, the, the feel is that it's a family business and um, just everyone gets treated equally. There's different titles, but everyone's, it's a really flat uh, sort of style of, of, of management. And everyone has input. We do things like every week, every team member or every team has a a team meeting and they discuss different issues within their teams and they can share that and we communicate that out across the business so everyone knows what different teams are doing and they're informed. They understand what's happening. The leadership team will meet, we'll share the minutes from the meeting. We share everything from profitability to bank balances to, to everything. So it's a really open and transparent environment. And that that's there's a lot of different things that we could go through and there's a lot of things from a a wellness perspective that we do but it's not just one or two things there's an overarching strategy that we have and and um, we're a great place to work accredited as well so we're doing something right so that's good yeah
0: yeah I think that makes a big difference so we've gone through obviously um, getting back to I guess the tech side a little bit um, we've gone through quite a time where I guess Optus is probably the big one um, that's happening yeah. around cyber security yeah. but that yeah that led to a lot of people becoming quite concerned yeah um, I know with our, our yeah. industries you know audits of our increased around it security um and you know we've obviously gone through quite a lot of them um, from our space but you know do we want to go through a couple of examples around this and and how you've helped teams in forward thinking you know you were saying that you're a people-led business and you're actually talking to the business owners so i'd love to hear some stories about how you know you've had those conversations with business owners and then sort of implemented things around them not getting into the nitty-gritty of what programs have used cyber security but you know talking about that business-led decisions
2: yeah so for use security for, for an example right so one of the things that we do is I mean we'll talk to businesses and you know the feedback will be oh you mean we can come to you and ask you questions and you'll, you'll give us answers that, that it's not about a technical issue it's like yeah that's we're here we're here to help you know you and your business, well, your IT business partner, we're not here just to fix issues, otherwise we're not adding value right, yeah. in your business. So one of the things that we do, we have a structured approach to just making sure there's different types of education that, that, that occurs with clients. So whether that's their own self-elected education that they can access through the auto hub and just do different courses on, on different things, um, or it could be um, led by one of our team members in an office. So it could be you know here in the boardroom and, and running through a cyber awareness session. Um, or even just the Microsoft stack and looking at some of the productivity apps and how to maximize the effectiveness of those. But uh, an example might be, um, I'll give you a time where, I'll share a story around where something failed. So we had uh, uh, one of our team members went and did a cyber session over two days for a client of ours. And they brought in staff from around, all around Victoria and New South Wales. And um, so they ran the session and they, they there was really good, really good feedback, everyone loved it. And then they went away and they came up with some processes around um, across the business from a security perspective. And one of the biggest risks they saw was there were a lot of invoices coming in with high volumes that weren't being checked. And so they set up this new process and they had an invoice come in from a supplier that was for about 120,000. And the, the person that received it in the, in the finance team lodged it all, sent it off to the approver for approval. And the approver looked at it and saw that who it had come from and said, yeah, we're expecting that invoice approved and didn't look at anything else, which you know, they, they went on, so they paid it. The next week, the next invoice came through, uh, same process, but this time when the approver got it, they looked at the account number on the invoice and they looked at the account number that they had approved in their system and thought, oh no, these are two different account numbers. So they immediately got worried and thought, well, what about the last invoice we approved last week? And they realised that they had paid $120,000 to the wrong bank account. And what had happened was their supplier had been compromised and the invoice when it was sent out, the bank details had been changed. And um, so that was a breakdown in their process. The process started off effectively, which is really important. People need to be vigilant and and following different processes and looking for things. Um, Thankfully, almost 12 months later, they got that money back through their cyber policy. Um, But it could even be, you know, another example, we had a client of ours yesterday forward through a questionnaire for their cyber insurance. So we're seeing cyber insurance questionnaires have become so big. They used to be a few questions, you know, not too long ago, but now they're quite extensive. And they're really going really specific. And if there's certain things that you're not doing, you just, you won't be, won't be covered. So, that's a real risk, and we're finding that some people if they're ticking the wrong box as well and they're and something goes wrong, then again they're just the insurance company will walk away from it, so that's a a big concern. but examples of where so one of the first things that we do when a client comes on board would be we want to be doing a strategy session around just where are you today? And where are you going in, say, in three years time? Because especially if you look at the last three years, you might not have been you know, planning that, yeah. but hopefully the next three years, you've got some stronger goals now around where you're going and where that may look, what that may look like. And what we want to be able to do is understand what are those business goals and how can tech potentially help enable some of those to achieve
1: them faster or more efficiently? And, so um, you doing scenario planning for these businesses, but on a tech basis. Yeah, yeah so, so true scenario planning for businesses, but looking at the, like what happened, as you said in the last three years, looking at what could go wrong and what do you have in place?
2: It's definitely be, uh, business continuity planning is, is definitely something we would do. but And it could even be that they're looking at expanding into a new region. And so what are some of the considerations they need to make there? Or that they have, they need to reduce uh, or increase productivity. And so, so one of the things that we're seeing happen now is that with AI, for example, coming out, there's the opportunity to, or there's the perceived opportunity to implement AI and potentially remove people. But what if you, instead of removing those people, you're able to implement AI and then reskill those people to do different roles where they've got all this knowledge from within the business and they can add so much more value to your clients um, and you know there's, there's so many different things we can do and it's there'll be different people within the business that we call on within auto so we would typically go in there understand all the, the challenges and, and objectives and then go away and come up with a strategy together with the client would then go back and present that and um, and then as a as an IT partner we're accountable to make sure we're Following through on that and, and helping deliver on that, and for some clients that's great. Other clients don't want that; they just want to just just take care of my issues.
0: Yeah. And get me um, on office three six five, and I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: So that's all they really <coughs> are, are focused on. So it can vary. You know, we've got clients in regional Victoria that um, have some really challenging communication issues that we need to work through and helping keep them connected. So you know, we'll talk through some of those goals that they're looking to achieve, and, or it could be um you know a manufacturing client here in melbourne that's just wanting to understand you know how do they ensure that if their freezers or fridges go off that that's being identified and they're not losing stock or they're not in breach of certain compliance requirements
0: so so we're chatting on our podcast today but you also have one yourself do you want to give a little bit of background on your podcast
2: yeah so our podcast is called the hokey pokey room and um You have great names. Yeah. (laughs) You really do, John. So have I I told you about how that name came about? No. No, I'd love to hear it. So we had, so pre-COVID, we had this idea of starting a podcast. We went and bought the equipment and and then COVID came along and, you know, doing face-to-face was a bit more of a challenge and we didn't want to start it on Zoom. We thought, no, we've got this equipment, we'll wait, right? So we waited until we could. And so we started recording, we are about to start recording, but we needed to come up with a name because what are you going to say in the intro and and everything else? And so this was an issue. Like, well, we don't know because we don't want to come up with a techie name. We don't want to call it the auto podcast. We wanted something different. And so we battled about it. And then we thought, well, what's us that people wouldn't know, but that could sort of resonate. And one of the things we did when COVID started was we uh, had, we always had a, 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 like a channel on Slack, an internal messaging tool that we would use, just called general chat initially. And that people would post in memes or just have fun. And then through COVID, uh, it became known as the Hokey Pokey Room. And the, the concept behind it was that you're at home and you're alone and, or you might have kids screaming or whatever, but you can jump into this channel or this room on Teams at that point and have a chat, right? And you can jump in and jump out as often as you want right you could stay there the whole day if you could or you could go in for 10 minutes and come out so it was all about but something what's that resonates with us the hokey pokey room and with the podcast people can jump on and have a listen if they want and jump off and jump back on and do whatever they want so it's just it's us without necessarily being called otto so yeah,
0: yeah. so what do you talk about and, and what sort of you know do your guests have on your podcast
2: yeah so we well i guess the first thing is we want to have great people and we We'll talk a little bit about tech at times around how tech has enabled businesses to evolve or change or deliver things to their clients, but we want to hear about them and their story. So it could be, you know, talking to Mark Goody, for example, the CEO of Merry Outreach Support Service. They do a lot of um, outreach and homelessness uh, work in the the northern suburbs. Uh, We've had... um, who else? Had Stephen Ferugia who runs a, uh, a an online platform that looks at employee culture and uh, and values and um, how people can recognise each other, and that's you know really tech based business, but really again people driven around demonstrating that that recognition of each other, so and appreciation. So lots of different people. We've had people from um, food manufacturing businesses. We had our branding agency come on, and we so we spoke a little bit about. Um, that process, we you know, we we spoke a lot about different, even how the the times that we're in allowed them to go from being everyone needed to be in a studio, you know, and, and being really creative. So you know, they they, they, they have someone in the U.S. that can be doing work at nighttime here in Melbourne, but it's you know, it's obviously different time zones, and then in the morning the work's done. And so, how that's allowed their business to, to change and grow. So, just different types of good conversations with good people really, ideally targeted at business owners and leaders that will walk away with some knowledge that they
0: could potentially implement in their business. Jordan, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, It's been really insightful and I'm really looking forward to getting this
1: out to our listeners.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: It's always great to catch up with you and thank you for the little gift you brought in, this wonderful book, which I will start uh, this weekend. Excellent. Thank you so much. No worries. Thank
2: you.